Although research suggests that women have a similar stroke risk as men, a new analysis of 281 stroke trials involving a half million participants reveals that women are often underrepresented in these studies. So why are fewer women participating in these clinical trials? And what implications does this disparity have on their treatment? Welcome to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and joining me to talk about the underrepresentation of women in clinical stroke trials is Dr. Cheryl Carcel, neurologist and senior research fellow at the George Institute of Global Health. She's also a senior lecturer on the Faculty of Medicine at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, Australia. Dr. Carcel, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me here today, Dr. Wilner. It's very exciting to be on Reach Empty. Well, thank you for joining us. Let's start with your background, Dr. Cassell. You've been a pioneer in the field studying sex differences in stroke epidemiology. Please share your experience and how it led to the current study. Thank you. Um, so I, um, my, my clinical background is that I'm a neurologist, as you mentioned. Um, I did my training in the Philippines and then went, came to Sydney to do more specific training in neurophysiology and stroke. And after that fellowship ended, I happened upon the George Institute, who was referred by a colleague. And really, um, I met um, Professor Craig Anderson, which is um, known for his clinical trials in stroke. And so with that, um, I joined his team. I did my PhD on sex and gender differences in stroke. And um, from all these findings, I thought, um, what can we do next? You know, So this, I thought, could be an interesting next step, looking at representation of women in clinical trials. Um, are there enough women in clinical trials? And if there aren't enough, what are the strategies um, to increase um, enrollment of women in clinical trials? So that's, that's how I got here. I did read your paper where you uh, put all this together. So tell us about it. The premise was um, in other cardiovascular disease trials, they've found that women are underrepresented in some areas, but also overrepresented in other areas. So we thought, let's have a look at stroke. Um, We've done some of our clinical trials. Um, Some of them have pretty poor representation of women. For example, one trial that we did on hemorrhagic stroke, which was the INTERACT study, um, enrolled about 35-36% women. So we thought we'd have a look generally. We went into clinicaltrials.gov database, which is one of the largest um, trial registries, um, to find stroke trials with more than 100 participants. Um, And we also looked at the global burden of disease study for the prevalence of stroke in women per country. So the way we're looking at it is it's not just, um, you know, how many percent of women are in trials, but, but is it reflective of the burden of disease or in this case, the burden of stroke in the community. So comparing it um, with the participation of women in the trial by the prevalence of stroke in women in the population. So that means it's more reflective of what's actually happening out there. 
So overall, we looked at 281 trials, um, and this was with, as mentioned earlier, at least 100 participants, and, and the trials were conducted between 1990 to 2020. So a good representation there. And we found, a, as you mentioned as well, um, a little over half a million um, participants and 37% of were women. The participation varied across um, individual trials. Some were 3% women, so very, very low. Um, and others were up to 78% women. So, But around about an average or mean of 40%. While the global burden of disease study, as many of us will know, has um, prevalence of stroke in women about 48%. So this means that when you calculated it with the prevalence participation ratio, majority of it was less than one, which indicates that women in trials are enrolled less than the expected proportion of stroke in the background population. When you uh, broke down the results, it turned out that women were fairly equally represented when it came to stroke intervention trials, but underrepresented when it was non-acute and in the rehabilitation trials. Any speculations why that might be? Yeah, thanks, Dr. Wilner, for that question. And um, I think I think um, it, it's a difficult question to answer, to be honest. Um, we were a bit surprised um, with the results, and that means that for acute intervention, you'd think about endovascular trials or th- thrombolysis trials or anything really that um, enrolled participants within the 24 hours of trials uh, of, of acute onset, which is what we're, our definition was. In other studies, they've found similar things. Um, so there was a JAMA neurology paper that came out as well, where trials with eligibility criteria of endovascular thrombectomy requirements also enrolled women. So in our paper, we discussed why this was. Um, and, and these are all sort of speculations, really. But our thoughts were that when when it's more acute trials and because women have more severe strokes, they're maybe more likely to participate in clinical trials because they see the need there. And, and this has been also um, validated in other studies where they didn't look specifically at women where, you know, the specific need is there to have a, to have a possible intervention that might change whatever you're having right now or the gravity of your illness. For those just tuning in, you're listening to NeuroFrontiers on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner, and I'm speaking with Dr. Cheryl Carcel about the underrepresentation of women in stroke clinical trials. Now, if we circle back to the findings of your study, Dr. Carcel, how can they affect the way women may be treated for stroke in the future? I think this is um, really the most important question and thing that we need to explore um, with these findings, because why are we doing this research anyway? The possible under-enrollment of women in these trials represent a threat to generalizability and in turn to the validity of the evidence base with regards to the treatment of women. And it also introduces a potential for unequal access to novel novel treatments. so for, as an example, Dr. Wilner, in 2015, when stroke treatment 
changed again when the endovascular therapy was recommended for large vessel occlusions. So this was sort of a big thing for stroke. Um, another new treatment that could potentially change the lives of stroke patients. So there were five trials that came out that year. One of the trials, Mr. Clean put out a study and looked at it um, uh, and this sex disaggregated their data. So this study um, enrolled 42% women and they looked at the treatment effect and it was null for women compared to protective in men. So women in the intervention group were more likely to die and as well as have serious adverse events. Then what they did was looked at it further. So those five um, large um, clinical trials, they put it all together in a meta-analysis um, looking at over 47 to 48% women in total now. And so they've found out that there is really no sex differences in the intervention to endovascular thrombectomy. So it's equally um, effective in both women and men. And there are no more serious adverse events for women. So I think if, um, if they stop there, with the Mr. Clean publication, then, then maybe the uptake for endovascular thrombectomy would not be as good in women. So that being said, what recommendations do you have? What strategies to uh, encourage women to participate in these uh, clinical trials? I think that's a really important question. And, and to do that, we have to find out a few things. First of all, we need to find out what are the barriers for women attending trials. So we have all this data in cardiovascular disease, but we know that um, people with stroke may have different needs from people who've had an MI, for example. So we need to find out what the barriers are. And, the sec and second of all, we need to find out if there are certain trial-specific factors that um, uh, under-enroll women or, or dis disproportionately enroll women. And, and some of the things that we've found is that there are certain eligibility criteria. Um, if you include that in your trial, that may um, you may end up under-enrolling women. An example would be um, age. So if you put an age cap um, in your clinical trial, women are generally older when they've had strokes, so you're generally more likely to enroll less women. So more research in that area is needed. And there's been some studies, again, in cardiovascular disease trials, where if there's more gender diversity in leadership, then you get, get more diversity with your um, clinical trial population. Um, and I guess the last bit would be to design trials that's very inclusive to all, to everybody, including women. Um, so for example, if there is a trial, if there's an option to do it remotely, if it's too hard to act for women to access the site, then you have a video conference as an alternative. Before we close, Dr. Carcel, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience today? Yeah, um, I think it's... Um, Upon us, uh, clinicians, um, academics, researchers, trialists, to, to encourage more diversity in our clinical trials, whether it be sex, gender, or, or race. And so it, that means that our, our trials are in inclusive or generalizable to everybody that we want to treat in our, in our clinics. Well, this has been an insightful look at how we can better improve representation of women in stroke trials. And I want to thank my guest, Dr. Cheryl Carcel, 
for shedding light on this important topic. Dr. Carcel, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for having me. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Andrew Wilner. To access this and other episodes in our series, visit reachmd.com neurofrontiers, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.